family Christmas service. And just want to real quickly just say thanks for coming this morning. And uh, if you've never been to one of our family Christmas services, uh, this will be one of the most laid back services that we'll do here. We just want you to sit back and enjoy the moment this morning. Um, and I want to say thank you to all of you who sent in pictures. Um, out of the hundred or so we got, that's, that's the video you get. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys like getting sent any pictures in that all of a sudden everybody sent them in. So thanks for doing that. And throughout the morning, um, our theme this morning is stories. And I love pictures because every picture captures a moment or captures a story. Um, and it was fun for me to sit through and go through all these pictures uh, because for some, they're pretty obvious what was going on. Others, I didn't have a clue what was happening, but, but they mean something, right? I mean, every time you take a look at pictures, in our home, we have Christmas pictures from when our kids were young, and, and I'm a little different than my wife. Um, she's very detail-oriented, so she can look at a picture, and she can tell you exactly what was happening at the exact moment, and I'm just kind of like, where are we at there? Um, it's just the way we're wired, but but stories are an incredible part of who we are. This morning is all about stories. And so whether you come into the holiday season this year um, excited about it or whether you're dreading it, we all have stories. But at the very center of those stories is the story of the greatest gift that was ever given. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. So thank you for spending some time with us. I want to make just a couple announcements very quickly, then we're going to get right back into our service. Um, if you notice in your uh, worship guide, you'll see our holiday schedule. And uh, we really want to invite you back for our Christmas Eve service, which is taking place on Christmas Eve this year. <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Uh, Six o'clock, about a 30-minute service. It's just a way for us to remind each other what we really celebrate, so I want to invite you back for that. And also on the 29th, uh, we'll be back here uh, to worship together, and there'll be no childcare that morning. We'll just have worship together. Um, and also want to remind you, if you'll check the mailbox outside uh, for Christmas cards, please make sure you go by there and, uh, and pick up Christmas cards uh, that folks have left this year for you. Once again, thanks for coming. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward. We're going to receive our offering this morning. Uh, before we continue on. So ushers, if you guys will make your way on up, that'd be great. Am I the only one that feels like Christmas is happening like really fast this year? I may know. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I made the mistake of going to Walmart yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how I felt an hour later. Uh, yeah, it's something. For, actually, I had two. I just... Yeah, two items, I sat in line for an hour. Anyway, let's pray together. We're going to start, um, continue on our worship this morning. God, thanks so much for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And God, thank you so much for this time of the year. That of all the times of the year, of all the holidays, of all the celebration, and this one is incredibly unique because we celebrate this incredible gift. And God, this morning I pray as we watch pictures and it reminds us of stories as we sing Christmas songs it reminds us of Christmas in the past and as we hear some stories this morning I pray that God you would just remind us God you're at the very center of everything that we love you and we give you this morning ask you to be honored and glorified through it as we celebrate you in Jesus name we pray amen Are the herald angels sing glory? 
born King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Christ the highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come, offspring of the virgins' womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead seed, held incarnate deity. Pleased as men with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel.
Um, here's what I have about me. Nate drives his daughters around town a lot. He's in charge of the laundry. He mows the lawn on a weekly basis. He still has the same old job, even though he is making less money because of corporate cutbacks. He's gotten a year older. He's started to lose his hair. He's gained 12 pounds. How's that? It goes on like that for another couple of paragraphs, and then I have some stuff about you and the girls down here. Nate! Hey, I mentioned your weight down here on page three. You... <laughs> you have to rewrite that. Why? Because you're not supposed to just list stuff like that in your Christmas letter. Why not? Because it makes like a... Sounds like our lives are, are too normal. Yeah, and? Well, we want to put a positive spin on everything so that people will know how perfect our family is and envious. How perfect our family is? Well, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so what would you write? Let's see. When he's not spending quality time with his daughters, Nate Alexander leads the charge against dirty laundry and long grass. Mm. Um, he has overcome financial obstacles at work, and he has grown substantially as a person over the last year. More substantial person? Well, that's the part about the 12 pounds. Oh, okay. I see now. <laughs> what do you think? I think it sounds more like a press release than a Christmas card. Look, Trisha. We go through this every single year, the cards, the letters, the appearances, the parties. Mm -hmm. Well, we need to keep up our image. Because we want everyone to know how perfect we are? Uh-huh. But our lives aren't perfect. You see, that's the whole point of Christmas. Um, it is? Of course. Why else do you think we celebrate Christmas? To keep the Christmas card people in business. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trisha, how about this year we really don't worry about the cards or about keeping up with everyone or what people think about us? Or how about if we just spend time being thankful for what Christmas is really about? A baby in a manger? Yeah, a baby in a manger. Maybe you're right, but I still don't think you should tell people that you gained 12 pounds. Why not? It was more like 15. Oh. <laughs> Mm. Just keeping it real. Oh 
guys want to stand and sing this with Born the King. 
Jeff had asked me to share some of my uh, favorite Christmas memories. Can y'all hear me okay? Is this good? Um, so I was, uh, my sister and I came from a family where our parents were both school teachers. So we didn't have a lot of extra. But I do remember one year getting as a child that Barbie house was pretty cool. I do remember that. Uh, but my main memories from Christmas as a child was going to my grandparents' house. And so this was my mother's parents and her brothers and all the cousins getting together. And I remember uh, smelling the smell of Maxwell House coffee, which at the time I thought, oh, gross, who drinks that stuff? But I love it now. So I remember the coffee. I remember Bing Crosby, vinyl, the record player going. I remember, y'all remember with the, I don't know, even know if they make that these days, the, the tinsel that you'd throw on the Christmas tree, you know, there's a little, and you'd scoot your feet and you'd shock, you know, go and shock, yeah, shock your uh, sister, your cousin. So I remember that at my grandparents' house. And I remember with that coffee, sugar cubes, random. Y'all remember that? How you'd put that in your coffee and they'd give us a sugar cube. And I thought, oh, that's a special treat. I got a sugar cube, you know. So see what I'm saying? We didn't have a lot, but what we had was the togetherness. That's what I, I really remember. And cousins playing and just having a good time. Now, Christmas memory from with our kids, our family, one that really stands out to me uh, was uh, we have a tradition of the first gift that's under our tree is our Bible. And so uh, it was Rachel's year to wrap it, so she grabbed grabbed it and wrapped it and put it under the tree and then Christmas Eve that's the first gift we open so she opened opened it you know we're it was after our Christmas Eve service we're at the house you know and uh, God got the book and she she opened it and she had this confused look on her face and she was like no what book again and so I said well it's Luke chapter 2 so she's looking looking and she's like she starts cracking up laughing she was like, y'all, I grabbed the dictionary. <laughs> so, so, so no wonder she couldn't find Luke chapter 2. This is Rachel, our youngest child. She's like, Mom, why are you telling that story? So then we got the Bible and read from Luke 2, the Christmas story. So, so y'all, and I want you to have hope in that you may be thinking, why well, didn't really grow up with any special Christmas memories? You know, you know maybe... Uh, my memories are sad of Christmas. Don't, uh, I just don't want you to mourn uh, what you don't have. Celebrate what you do have today. And that is an amazing Savior who loves you, who was born to die for us. And we can celebrate that. And if you don't have any Christmas traditions, create one. Start a new one. Make cookies. Have people over. You know, it's never too late. You know, I want you to, to celebrate what we do have, and that is us wonderful blessings in Christ and church family and friends. We're so blessed to have each other uh, at all times of the year, but especially at Christmas. So those are some of our favorite Christmas memories. Was to certain for shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay. 
On a cold winter's night That was so
Free! 
I'd just like to thank the church for following me to Colorado last week to take that video. It was an amazing trip. <laughs> just kidding. Um, this, this morning, I want to I share with you probably, not probably, the greatest Christmas gift that I ever got from my parents. Um, and just kind of set it up a little bit. Um, we did not grow up with a lot of money. Both my mom and dad worked outside the home. Um, and I was really raised by my very Cajun, very Catholic grandmother, and, uh, which was always interesting. I learned a lot of Cajun words that I can't use um, today. But um, so both my parents worked, and we just didn't have a lot. But for some reason, at Christmas time, my parents really did everything they could to go all out for Christmas. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I got on this, this fascination with motorcycles. Um, I would go to the store with my mom, and, and they always had the magazine strategically placed where while you're waiting in line, if you're a kid, you're just going to look at them. And so I started buying motorcycle magazines, the ones my mom would let me buy, or she would buy. And I just got fascinated with motorcycles. And, and I was, like, when I was a little bit younger, I was kind of like into Evil Knievel. Y'all remember him? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't remember Evil Knievel? Um, and, and I just, I was fascinated by motorcycles. And so... I got on this kick that I wanted a motorcycle, and the reality was I thought there's no way I'm ever going to get a motorcycle for Christmas because one, we don't have that kind of money, um, and two, my mom's going to look at me and tell me I'm crazy. And, and just, I'm not going to say my mom was cheap, but she was cheap. Um, <laughs> Y'all remember Ocean Pacific gear, t-shirts and shorts? Well, I remember at one point I wanted some OP shorts, and of course my mom was like, I'm not paying that much money for shorts. And I'm like, but mom, I'm so cool. So my mom being cheap, um, sewed a lot. <laughs> so you kind of figure out where I'm heading with this one. So my mom made me some corduroy shorts. <laughs> but the best part of my shorts was she knew that I wanted OP shorts. So my mom embroidered OP on my homemade corduroy shorts. Now, I'm not saying I wore them. I'm just saying I had them, right? I mean, that's just, that's just kind of how frugally cheap my mom was. It's like, no, I'm going to make them. So when I got on this, this, this motorcycle kick, I, and I'm, if you know me well, you know that when I get into something, I get into something. And I research it, and I spend a lot of time, and even back when I was that young, I still really was researching. And so, uh, go ahead and throw up. This was what I wanted. The Honda CR80R. Now, the Honda CR80R was just a great motorcycle. I just thought, man, I've seen pictures of it in a magazine, and that would be really, really cool. So I just fixated on this Honda CR80, and that's all I talked about for like six months. Finally, I got my mom to stop by. There's a Honda dealership in our town. So I finally talked her into stopping by one day, and I actually got to sit on this Honda CR80R, and I look good. <laughs> I thought. And I remember the salesman comes over, and most salesmen are trying to sell something. This guy was a horrible salesperson. He starts talking about how much it costs. And I'm like, you don't ever leave with that. And I'm a 12-year-old going, shut up. <laughs> and the speedometer on this thing, um, if I remember right, it said like 75 miles an hour. 
So my mom is kind of looking at it. I'm kind of hiding the speedometer because I'm thinking there ain't no way. And she goes, well, how fast does it go? Now, if I'm a salesman, I'm not saying you're supposed to lie, but maybe don't tell the whole truth. He's like, oh, it says about 75. It'll probably go about 90. So my mom immediately goes, get off. I'm like, what? And I thought, I'm never going to get this motorcycle now. But I had it planned out, man. This was the bike I wanted. And, and I had a very specific helmet that I wanted. Go ahead and throw that up there. So I wanted the moto helmet, right? Because it's just, I don't know if it would save my head, but it was cool looking like back in the 80s. And I wanted the goggles that went with it because it was going to be awesome. Because this is what I thought I was going to look like. Go ahead and put it up there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good look, isn't it? I mean, and if you know me now, I would never do that because I'm like, I, have, I am not an adrenaline junkie at all. I'm like, yeah, don't you do that. So, man, I'm so pumped up about Christmas and until I realized that, oh, no, the salesman just blew this, completely blew it out of the water. And so for about a month, I just kind of put the motorcycle out of my head. And I really thought, man, I'm going to get some stupid remote control car again because I'd already looked under the tree and opened it. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's what I did. And so I was so disappointed. I was so like, oh, what am I going to do this year? Now, my family had a tradition back um, when I was that young. We had our entire extended family would get together. And our family had gotten so large that I remember I told you I had a very Catholic Cajun grandmother. And so that year, for whatever reason, we had so many people come into our, our family Christmas party that we had to rent out the KC Hall, um, which for you Baptists, um, that's where the Catholic guys go and, and drink and do stuff <laughs> and gamble. And so, like, for my family to go is a big deal because my mom is like, Southern Baptist, right? And so we go in, the room we're in has the bar. It's awesome. It's great. So we leave and we go home and we walk in and, and our house is really small. Uh, my mom still lives in the same house. And it's very, very small. But as soon as I walked in the door... I smelled something kind of weird. It kind of smelled like gasoline and rubber. And I'm like, uh, what is that? So I walk around our kitchen and it's a straight shot into our living room and this is what I see. I'm like, what is that? And it's like, it's your motorcycle. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the one. I'm not saying I was ungrateful. I was kind of ungrateful. And I'm looking at it going, oh, what in the world did y'all just buy me? That's not the best part. Because I was very, very specific on the helmet I wanted. I look like an astronaut. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and, 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 that's just not cool. There's no way to make it look cool. It's just, she got it wrong. Are you going to embroider your Honda on the side of it? I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, the first picture I showed you, the guy like doing that. Here's what I really probably look like. That's not me, because we couldn't afford a camera. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, doo -doo -doo -doo, right, right? 
oh, I was, I was so disappointed, so disappointed, until I realized, hey, wait a minute, I got a, it's ugly as sin, but I got a motorcycle, and I got an ugly helmet, and none of my friends on the street got an ugly motorcycle and an ugly helmet. And man, here's the thing I realized, and the best part of it is, when I got it, after I finally realized it was a motorcycle and I could ride it, is I started up in my mom's living room and drove it out of the living room into the kitchen. That's as far as I could go. I don't know how they got in the house. But man, we started riding. I had some friends who had motorcycles, and where my grandmother lived, there was these woods, and it kind of was a swamp, really, and backed into the bayou, and we'd ride all the time. And what I realized pretty quickly is that this thing is a CT70. It's a trail bike. It's what it's made to do. It's not supposed to be super fast, and it's not supposed to be real agile, but man, you can ride that thing through anything. Like, my friends who had, like, the real dirt bikes, who thought they were all cool, when we went out riding, that ugly thing was the thing everybody wanted to ride. Because I could go anywhere. If there's a little mud, their old bikes would fall down. But my mom's theory was, that thing's got really big tires, it won't fall. <laughs> it's not true, but we'll go with that. So everybody wanted to ride, my, nobody wanted to wear my helmet, but everybody wanted to ride my trail bike. And man, I tell you what, I had so much fun on that motorcycle. I, I mean, more fun than I realized I could have. And man, it was the absolute greatest present my parents ever gave me. One, because I didn't think I was getting it. And even though in the moment, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't the really cool motorcycle that I wanted, what I realized very, very fast was that, man, it was this incredible gift. Man, it could do things I didn't even know I wanted to do. Man, I had experiences on that bike with my friends that I didn't even know I could have. And man, I rode that motorcycle literally until it just, the engine blew apart on it and we just didn't have money to fix it. I mean, I rode this thing all the time. But it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I was really looking for. I mean, it was really completely opposite of everything I wanted. But yet, it was the greatest gift that I ever got. And man, this morning I was, I was thinking this week as we were getting ready for this morning, in the book of John, chapter 1, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the life of all mankind. That light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness of the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize it. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, it's interesting when you look at the Christmas story, 
It's really an interesting story. We kind of get lost with the baby in the manger. And that's what we focus on. But when you stop and think about the story of Christmas, and you start with Mary, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with our students. Mary wasn't very impressive. She was pretty underwhelming. She was a teenager. She came from a town that was really kind of known as a backwards kind of place. It wasn't where great people came from. Yet God chose Mary to bring Jesus into the world. And just so you know, people weren't looking for that. That's not what they had built up in their minds that Jesus was going to be. It certainly wasn't the kind of birth that people anticipated. So when Jesus came, no one was really that impressed except maybe the shepherds. I mean, he, doesn't, he wasn't what people expected. He wasn't what they thought. I was reading an article this week that was a pretty, pretty interesting take on Christmas. And it talked about the greatest gift, because we talk about that all the time, about Christmas. It's the greatest gift God ever gave. But the whole premise of the article was the greatest gift that God gave was not salvation. The greatest gift that God gave was actually Jesus. I'm not saying salvation is not a good deal. It's a great benefit. But as we celebrate Christmas, don't just celebrate salvation. Celebrate Jesus. And that may sound a little odd, but the reality is that Jesus is so much more. We've been in a series all semester with our students called He's Enough. Because one of my hopes and prayers for our students and for us as adults is that we realize that he actually is enough. He's really more than we need. But that more has a lot to do with how we live our lives now. One of the things that I've kind of figured out over the past really semester, and many of you know the struggles that our family's been through with our kids and the health issues and some other things. And I'm not going to lie, it's, this semester just has not been fun for us at all. And I'm, I'm very quick to say to people, man, my life is incredibly blessed, and it is. But I've got to be honest with you, man, these, this past semester, it, it, it wasn't easy. And it wasn't fun. And you'd think after all these years of teaching, I would kind of realize that whatever series I'm teaching, God usually makes me live through that. So next semester is going to how to win the lottery is what I'm going for. <laughs> but for me this semester, for me this Christmas, and I'm so grateful that when I take my last breath because of the relationship I have with God that I'll instantly be in his presence. And I'll spend eternity with him. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But I've got to be honest with you. That wasn't what gave me hope this last semester. Because I needed something now. I needed something that was a very real. And here's what I discovered about Jesus. He really is absolute everything that I need. I'm not going to say that there weren't moments this past semester that I freaked out. Because there were two. <laughs> I gave myself two days. 
just to freak out. And then I got back up, and I put my eyes on Jesus, and I kept moving forward. Because what I celebrate this Christmas is not just that a baby came in a manger so that he could eventually die on a cross to pay the price for my, my sin so I can have eternal life. And what I celebrate this Christmas is that God chose to send Jesus to live on this earth, to give me peace, to give me contentment, to give me hope, to make it through the task and to make it through this life. Because let's be honest, for some of us this Christmas, it's going to be tough. This year hasn't gone the way you planned it. Maybe this is the first Christmas that you'll miss a loved one. Maybe your family's gone through incredibly difficult times, and so you're not looking forward to Christmas. I just want to tell you, he's still enough. And he's still worth being celebrated. For some of us, man, we're excited about Christmas. It's a great time. All our families will come together. And even in the midst of that, he's still enough. So for me, what I want to leave you with this morning is we sing one more song together. And, man, we're going we're gonna to leave, and, and I think there's going to be a special guest uh, that our children might be into in just a little bit outside. But we want to encourage you just to mingle and talk and share. And, but I want to leave you with this. Jesus wasn't at all what people expected. He wasn't at all what they were looking for. But yet, he is absolutely, hands down, the greatest gift that could ever be given. So this morning, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas in a couple of days, my hope and my prayer for you is this. That you've come to a point where you've accepted this incredible gift that God's given you. You've made that decision to take it. And, and not just so you spend eternity in heaven. But you choose to accept it so that you can actually live life the way God created you to live it. And that's with Him. And that's with hope and with peace and with joy and contentment. That has nothing to do with your circumstances, but has everything to do with Jesus. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for your goodness and your mercy. God, I thank you for the lessons that I've learned this year. I sure would have liked to have learned them some other way. But God, you know the way you had to teach me. And God, I'm so grateful that you've reminded me, and maybe even for the first time, you've really shown me that you're absolutely everything that I need. You're everything that I need in the good times. You're everything I need in the confusing times. You're everything that I need in the bad times. God, I am so grateful that I get to spend eternity with you. God, what I'm really grateful for is that Jesus came, was born in a manger, to a very normal mother. But yet, he's the savior of the world. And so God, as we leave here in a few moments, I pray that you'd remind us of how much you love us. That God, that would not be lost in this Christmas season. God, as we celebrate, we eat, we sing, 
God, don't ever let us lose. But the greatest gift that was ever given was Jesus himself. Because in him we have absolutely everything we need. And we're so grateful that we love you. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, as Jeff said, we have one more song. Uh, I want to remind you, Christmas Eve, uh, join us here. I think it starts at 6. Is that right? 6 o'clock. We'll be done about 6.30. Um, I think everybody has like a, a favorite Christmas carol, right? Um, this is mine. I don't know if you'd actually consider this a carol. It's more of a Christmas song. Uh, but it's definitely my favorite. So if you want to indulge me to, uh, to sing this for you guys. But there is a line I wanted to point out, just kind of piggyback and echo what Jeff was uh, talking about this morning. We get into a second course, and the line says this, He knows our need to our weakness is no stranger. That's it, guys. When we celebrate this, this week, He knows our need because He came. He knows our weakness because He came, and He lived as us. So as we go into this Christmas, let's remember that, that it was a holy night. Stars are brightly shining. It is a night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and
Merry Christmas, everybody. See you guys. Christmas.